0: I am the man who walks alone, and when I'm walking a dark road at night or strolling through the park. It begins to change, I sometimes feel a little strange, a little anxious when it's dark. Fear of the dark, fear of the dark. get see- a whole lot of spooky in here too. The season of the spook. Mm. And so on.
1: And the, the, the little things that sit in the trees and the shadows and sort of look down at you. Mm. And you look, but you, and you can't, and all you can see is like, you might just catch the occasional little glint of the streetlight on eyes or teeth. Mm. And then... They're gone. But you know they're still out there watching.
0: Mm. Oh, you know. (laughs) I'm just... (laughs) I don't think I like it around here anymore. Welcome
1: to my world. (laughs) (laughs) Skittery things. Skittery things. Skittery things did skitter with legs across the slimy that didn't work very well
0: no do you want to try it again
1: you well it was different because it was it was what was it slimy things did crawl with legs upon a slimy sea I seem to recall it was something along those lines mm. because of water water everywhere nor any drop to drink you see
0: difficult to replace it with skitter it is
1: granted. But there's not so much. There's more skittery and less slimy.
0: Well, yeah.
1: Well, I'm not saying there isn't slimy. I mean, slimy has its place. But I'm saying the things that you can often sense, not necessarily see and not necessarily hear, but you just know, as you're walking along, that they're they're making their way. Th- they're they're following you. They're skittering along through the through the bottom of the hedgerows and. Behind old walls and things. And they're there. Yeah? And they follow you. They're not, they don't mean you any harm necessarily. They're just curious. Mm. Because they don't necessarily see, see humans very often.
0: No. That's all I'm saying. Shall we start it then? Why not? Hello, lovely listeners. Hello! Welcome around the virtual campfire, pull up a log, warm your knees, grab a drink of choice, grab a biscuit tin, it's around here somewhere, settle in. Lovely listeners from all the way around the world, welcome to episode 116 of FrithCast.
1: Yes, hello, and uh, as, as you probably gathered, you may wish to huddle a little bit closer around the virtual campfire tonight. Um... Because it's it's that night, or at least it's getting towards that night. Yes. Things are getting thin and flimsy and other things might be trying to poke appendages through said thing, which is getting thin and flimsy. And you know you never know where they're going to poke.
0: I you just said that
1: podcast. I'm trying to maintain a spooky atmosphere here. No, it's not a spooky atmosphere. I'm going for spooky. I don't can't I can't be held accountable for what your mind does. It
0: wasn't my mind. You were thinking it that loud. I could hear
1: and it. I was. I was thinking, like, cragging, craggedy, talony, like talons. Yeah. Poking through the veil is what I was thinking of. That is not what you were thinking of mostly it was
0: mm mm-hmm. anyway that's what
1: i'm saying that's why i'm saying people might want to huddle a little bit closer so that we are you know we're all in the in the in the little circle of light yes because tonight it's
0: there is there's eerie things afoot there is yes we'd probably better introduce ourselves before we get into that though okay well disciplined you are welcome <laughs> do you want to go first by all means um
1: lovely listeners I would like to introduce my dear wife uh, Suzanne who is a um, what is it? it's a, you are a heathen yes you have a head full of heathen st- all sorts of stuff actually um most of which is is actually useful despite your <laughs> your normal um, insistence that only some of it is um, and uh, yeah you are the
0: this uh, this is kind of your podcasty thing over to you thank you lovely listeners i would like to introduce my co-host for all the episodes of frithcast so far and in what's it into the future my glorious wife kate hello who is a coffee-powered druidy thing Hmm. how's that i think that's fair comment yeah yeah all right let's get into it then shall we okay all right so tonight you have not a story as such but a, a saga? Yeah, I thought, given the time of year and the association in the Northern Hemisphere with this particular time of year when winter is just starting to grow it, get, come in and we haven't yet got the deep winters,
1: mm-hmm.
0: that it might be time for a bit of a, a story. And we haven't done an episode based on a saga for a long time. No. And so the song that you heard right at the beginning might have been a little bit of a clue if you know your sagas. You might be thinking, how on earth are these two going to tie Iron Maiden to a saga? Yeah, we're going there. <laughs> we are so going there. Hey! The veil isn't the only thing that gets thin and flimsy at this time. Yes. <laughs> Our <laughs> tedious links get thin and flimsy as well. <laughs> so... So, yes. I am unashamed. Yeah. <laughs> we know. <laughs> <clears throat> so, I thought we'd talk a little bit about one of the Icelandic sagas, which is quite late on in the saga. It's, it's written quite a long time after the, the end of what is known as the Viking Age, and it's Gretius' saga.
1: Okay. And this is from, I think you said something thirteen hundred and something. Is that right?
0: Yeah, it's about thirteen twenty.
1: Yeah. Okay. Ish,
0: Ish. It's not like they ish-ish. date these things precisely. No, so no, of roughly not. around that time, which is quite a long time after the fact. Like a lot, you know, like the saga materials are written down after the fact. Yeah. But it's in this case, it's very much detailing a, a, a time that was before. Mm. Rather than contemporary with when the document is written about what the society is like then, it's detailing a much older society.
1: I tend to think of the Viking Age as being something on the order of about 790-ish yeah. through to 1080 or thereabouts.
0: Give or take. Um, yes, so this is way later.
1: So way, way later and presumably after the, they've been through some fairly significant religious upheavals
0: yes it's about is it about the year 1000 that iceland starts converting i'm gonna to have to go look that up but yeah things are doing all sorts of mad odd things and you get this corpus this collection of saga materials that are written down much much later than the events and people and times that they're describing mm. and one of Yes, because we're coming up on, uh, you might know it as Halloween or Savine. You might know it as uh, the time when you get ghost stories Yep, in the late autumn and early winter period of the year. Yep. So yeah, we're coming up to that. So we thought we'd talk about Gretia's Saga because it's got a couple of kind of big Gribblies in. Big Gribblies, that we, we are want to talk always, about.
1: always here for Big Gribblies.
0: We are we are going to go talk about a shepherd who is called Glam. Okay. Now um, that's Not a Glam Shepherd. No. That could be quite fun, an undead Glam Shepherd. Now that's G-L-A-M-R, I believe. Yes. Yeah. yeah so you might see it translated as G-L-A-M-R or G-L-A-M. Okay. Um, depending. And Yeah, Gretir, his saga starts off like a lot of the Icelandic sagas. So you get like the first bazillion chapters is all (laughs) about his genealogy and what his family line does. Before you even get to Gretir and the part about what he does. Of course. You get everything about his great grandfather's auntie's cousin's second removed daughter's lunchbox contents. (laughs) You get everything in there. Who tell you about where he comes from, what his family line is.
1: Hoodlum begat doody who begat, what's a yeah. face, who begat
0: Yep. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep.
1: Flibbity So Adam.
0: about the first thirteen chapters of this book? Are all thirteen genealogy. <laughs> thirteen chapters Cranky if it was a sci-fi series on fox you wouldn't get past the genealogy i know but you just kind of i was of... going to say that's like two or three good seasons of tv that isn't it, it is yeah 13 episodes of uh, of of anything and you're supposed to be halfway through the first season this this saga hasn't even got going <laughs> at chapter 13 you haven't even met grettier yet no he's you can basically start the story at chapter 14 which is where you get the birth of Grettir and his whole life is told in the next following like 70 chapters
1: oh well, that's well i mean it depends if you if you're talking if you're talking a chapter per per year
0: yeah from birth to death yeah, 70 chapters that's not too bad yeah you know
1: 70 seasons of tv might be a bit, a bit gruelling but
0: a bit enthusiastic
1: even the x files
0: didn't go that far no even Lost didn't go that far. Uh, to be fair, it went right right off the end of it. It went left at Albuquerque. It did. Definitely. Twice. Yeah. Yeah, and I then got, jumped a couple of sharks. I got cheesed a,
1: a bit with the X-Files that kept on saying, right, end, end of each season, it was like, right,
0: now we're going to do the season
1: finale, which is going to explain everything. You know, how many times I fell for that? <laughs> how many times? <laughs> anyway... Tell me about Gretir. Tell the lovely listeners about Gretir.
0: Gretir is... (sighs) He's described as red-haired and freckly. All right. And has a big fondness for poetry. Good lad. I like him. And he's supposed to be very, very strong because he likes poetry. I can get with that. Yeah.
1: I, yeah, I can definitely get with that. I mean, you know, it's... it's yeah. It's time yeah. it's time for the poetry lovers to get some heroic action in these things. You know?
0: uh, yes, well... At 14 years old, he uh, kills a man. Puts a gun against his head? Uh, it, it escalates quickly. Okay. And he's a he's, trident. He doesn't. Okay. No. Um, he... <laughs> he kills a man at age uh fourteen because they he thinks that they've taken his food bag. He is, gets it, is he hungry. right? He thinks they have, I don't know whether they actually have. Okay. Um the family of the deceased refuse all attempts at monetary recompense.
1: Oh, they're not going for the wear guilt. They're not guilt, going
0: then. they're not going for the wear guilt and he gets outlawed for three years. Oof. That's his first um, outlawing, if you like. And that and was... little kind of mini foreshadowing of the big outlawing oh, that's going to come okay. later. So, this uh, is the first outlawing. And this was because somebody you thought
1: somebody had nicked his food bag? Hangry. Hangry. With mm. your, well, because you said that, and it reminded me of a certain legend. Yes. Of a certain thunder god. Yes. Who, whilst on a journey with a certain trickster figure,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, shapeshifter god of mischief and ha- what have you, got similarly hangry with a giant I seem to recall. Yes. And bludgeoned his head in, or at least tried.
0: Yes. Repeatedly tried. Yeah, three times. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, you know, I mean, dude's only following the examples of the gods, surely.
0: Yeah, kind of. Yeah. So he's sentenced to a charge of outlawry and he's told he he basically is made outlaw for three years at 17 years old wow so
1: outlaw basically means you are um the law is withdrawn from you yes so you're basically fair game the law yeah yeah you're fair game anybody can do you in um
0: without punishment or recompense or
1: yeah um you because you are you are considered to be acting outside the law in what you've done, so the law just goes right. Not going to cover you anymore.
0: Yeah, off Taking you go. Taking a ball and going home. Good luck. Yeah, but it also means you're outside society, mm. so you have none of the society network that is so vitally important for survival at, in this period. Yeah, that you have a network of friends, of family, of obligations to your um ruling lord if you like to mm-hmm. your kith to your kin you have those connections and as an outlaw all that is taken off you yeah all that access to resources to companionship to being able to split tasks and and barter and trade and you you don't get any of that you're
1: basically excommunicado yeah like At john wick
0: 17 years old mm-hmm. tiktok mr gretler tiktok mr <laughs> Yes. Yes, yes, yes. So, he goes to Norway, okay? And he does some brave deeds in Norway. So he started
1: out in Iceland.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Goes, goes across to Norway. to Norway because he's an outlaw in Iceland. Mm-hmm. So he kills a a great bear that is worrying sheep. He kills a set of berserkers. He gets wow rewarded for getting the for killing the berserkers and gets given a very shiny sword. Nice. He, the reward for killing the bear is the fact that somebody else gets jealous of him and provokes a flight so he kills them and their relatives come after him and that all gets a bit tangly oh crikey yeah so he has got um, he, he kills a, a draug a, a very cranky undead that comes back to the world of the living mm-hmm. uh, of a car the old and as a um, a reward for that he's given a sword from car's treasure okay and then he comes back to iceland because presumably his outlawry is over this is good for him so he comes back to iceland okay and he meets a a shepherd, Glam, who's asked to watch sheep on behalf of a local farmstead, mm-hmm. he refuses to fast on Yuletide, which is this sort of sacred time, and the farmsteaders are like, no, you've got to fast, you can't eat okay. on, on Yule Tide. It's a sacred time. Oh, and wow. Glam is like, no, I, I have the hungers, I need to numb. Yeah. Cause... And so he numbs. All right. And the farmsteader's wife says it's not going to end well for you mate and it really doesn't.
1: Can't mess with destiny. No. Mm.
0: So Glam is found dead in the snow and then he becomes a a revenant, a draugr that haunts the area. Okay. Gretir... Won't be sad will he? No, no not really. (laughs) It's kind of like yeah not only are you you're not just going to get indigestion from eating this food. You're going to end up like Deed, Deadened. and then coming back as a Drogo. Yeah, it's, it's a bit kind of yeah that escalated quickly. Gretia comes along, mm-hmm. big fight with Glam the Shepherd who is now Deed. Big, huge, huge fight. Wait, 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 wait. Right,
1: with Glam the Shepherd who is now Deed, but still walking around and trying to kill people. Yeah, that right. One. Got cranky,
0: cranky Deed Shepherd. Yeah. Called Glam. Gretia comes along, huge big fight. Like right down to the fact you've got actions like individual actions are being described in the saga. This oh, is wow. this massive cinematic, you know, moment the music's coming up and the sound effects are in and all of these like you know, all this of is, that this is, stuff going on.
1: This is like Jon Snow versus the Night King.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's that big kind of battle and do I mean Night King? Was he called the Night King? The Night King, yes. Yeah, I thought so. Sorry, carry on. He kills the Draugr, mm-hmm. but before the Draugr, I don't know, dies, stops being alive. I don't know what you'd call it when a Draugr dies, but before that happens... For vampires, it's called the final death. Yeah. Um, When... Glam the shepherd who is definitely not dressed up. You see I've got a whole kind of 1960s glam going on in my brain. It's kind of messing with my saga telling, but there you go. <laughs> so glam the shepherd who is a draugr... Yep. Is I've just got the knight's king in my head. Monstrously strong and cranky. Yep. And Grettir goes in and fights him and there's this big to and fro and this great big tussle and Grettir is finally victorious and glam stops being undead. Undead
1: and just settles for being dead. And
0: just goes with the dead part. OK, well, this is good. But I before mean, he does know. the dead part, he curses Gretia. Oh, that's spiteful. Yeah, a bit harsh. I mean, except you've been beaten, surely. Yeah. Well, he kind of does and he kind of doesn't. And he curses uh, Gretia. And this, kind of like, everything that happens after that curse... Uh, let's just say it ain't good. Oh. Not hugely. It's like, you know, you have one little tiny good thing and it just leads to a whole heap of other not-so-good things after that. So he it's... becomes... He's he's cursed with becoming unlucky. It's basically like it's when Arnold beat the Predator. Yeah.
1: And it just... And it and it was like... All that was left was, like, a, a head and bits of... A bit of its arm and stuff. And it was... It just got the little thing out on his wrist and started going tap 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 tap, and he watches what's going on, mm. and and Arnie's like looking at the, the the characters flickering away, and he's thinking that looks like a countdown. That uh-huh. you know it, and I know and it. And then it starts laughing. He's like ah, ha 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 ha, and he's like oh bless you. It is a countdown. It is a
0: countdown. Run runs. Well, yeah. this is like that, only made of magic instead of nuke. Yeah can't really run away from this one no so he curses Gretia he says basically you're really strong at the moment but you will never get any stronger mm. you will only get weaker from this point on which is a bit of a kicker to be fair it is rather when you're an outlaw can't open your own jars no not good that's hard yeah so the curse good, good also in jars. it's it's not just a one thing one thing curse he also no, no he also says that he's going to become very unlucky it oh, come says on. that he's going to be doomed to loneliness. He's never going to have society or human companionship. Oh, this is brutal. Yeah. It was his fault. He ate at Yuletide. He was told. He was. Don't eat at Yuletide. Do not do it. Don't get
1: getting all spitey and, 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 and resenty just because somebody's killed you when you're an undead Drauga thing because you... Ignored the advice and et at Yuletide. It's your own damn fault. Yes.
0: The rest of this curse is the fact Seriously? that Gretty is going to become an outlaw. And remember, he's already had a taste of that. He's had a go at release. that. Yeah, yeah. He's going to have an early death you... and he's going to become afraid of the dark. Afraid of the dark.
1: He's going to have a fear of the dark.
0: Fear of the dark. Yeah, that one. A constant fear that something's always near. Yeah, pretty much. Ah! Yeah. But, uh, yeah, and so it's kind of like a couple of chapters later because you kind of got to let something that big settle for a couple of chapters. You have, yeah. And while you're kind of, you know, big season finale, big battle going on, this is only like 35 chapters into this oh, he's got the whole saga thing to go. Yeah, I mean, he's a got a massive to... part of the saga to go. He's got,
1: he's got the, 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 the bit with all the explosions. He's got the bit where they all calm down and have a talk and say, "What are you going to do after this is all over? I'm going to open a, I'm going to go back and meet my, my, be, my uh, betrothed and open a shop together, and it'll be lovely." And that's, and you know, that one's cop, copped it as good as. And then they've got to have like the darkest before the dawn bit. They they get betrayed or something goes terribly wrong at the last minute before they suddenly realise they've got an opportunity to put things right and and save the day. And presumably the curse gets lifted and he's able to carry on and live a happy and fulfilling life as a mighty warrior and die in great honour. And it's not going this way, is it?
0: No. Joseph Campbell has a lot to answer for. Yeah. So, so, been cursed, settles into the fact that he's been cursed. Um, A couple of chapters later, he, on an errand of mercy, (laughs) accidentally sets fire to a hall or a hut. And, yeah, you know that kind of story, well well, we, you know, at least we've saved your donkey. Well, why did you save the donkey? Well, the stable was on fire. Well, why was the stable on fire? Because your home was on fire. Well, why was that was on fire? And the story goes yeah. backwards. Yeah. Yeah. He unintentionally ends up setting fire to a house or a hall or a hut in which people die. I'm thinking of General Melchett. Yeah. Talking to
1: Lieutenant George um, in the fourth Blackadder series and uh, he's re- 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 recalling the when he used to know lieutenant george as a young boy and he said you, you know, you've got to re- you've got to keep a stiff upper lip boy you can't be, be getting all you know remember when you were a kid and somebody and, and i am um, um because i i you were crying because somebody brought you rabbit pie instead of such and such for your birthday treat and he says yeah but it was my rabbit and he says, yes, but yet you know, it was the it was the kind thing to do after, you know, it had been it had been shot and it was um it was all, all wounded. And he said, Yes, but you shot it, sir. And he says, Yes, but that was the kind thing to do after that car had run it over. Your car, sir. Yeah. <laughs> and it's it was like just that. going back and back at this poor
0: bloody rabbit <laughs> and everything. Yeah. Yeah. So Yeah, he... He kills a house full of people by unintentionally setting it on fire. Oh dear! Um, and unsurprisingly, the the old thing, the big government meeting where matters of law are also discussed, this gets brought up and he gets outlawed, like properly permanently outlawed, like get out. That's it. You've had you've had your short little little go at this. Yeah.
1: And you got through it fine, but this time we're gonna, we're gonna do for you, lad, because you've made a right mess of things here.
0: Yeah, he kind of has, and he, the rest of the saga, or the rest of his life in the saga, kind of goes through the fact that he um, goes. Back home to Iceland, he gets hunted by kinsmen of the people he killed oh. because he's an outlaw. He gets like has all sorts of encounters with trolls and other magic beings, and he's being hunted down by other outlaws. Oh, crikey. Which is a bit harsh. Well, presumably they think if they can
1: get him, then they might get inlawed.
0: Yeah. Um the curse It doesn't take full effect straight away it kind of gradually increases as the story goes on from the curse point i mean he's having a
1: rough time already
0: he is so he's trying to to seek settlements and light and connection and he can never get to it because he's cursed to loneliness and the longer it goes on the more and more he's cursed to loneliness Ah, so he's
1: he's he's always out in the darkness beyond the light
0: yes With a fear of the dark. With a fear of the
1: dark. Well, that is harsh. It is harsh.
0: It is harsh. It is harsh. And, yeah, it kind of like... His death comes when he's been outlawed for 19 years. You know, 20 years in the Chateau D'If. He's (laughs) had 19 years of being outlawed. And his friends kind of go to the law courts and say... You know, I know you said Outlawry was for life, but 20 years, enough is enough. Gretti has managed 19 years Mm -hmm. when his enemies use uh, magic, what they call magic spells, runes, sorcery to basically injure, for him to injure himself, which makes him susceptible to being killed by them. so he manages 19 years and then he's overwhelmed by his enemies. And dies chapter 85
1: well that was a jolly tale
0: I know but yeah it's it's kind of odd in terms of you know his great-grandfather is a huge big pagan hero from whom he gets his strength and his presumably his anger and his abilities with weapons mm. His half-brother is very piously Christian and the saga picks up then his half-brother's attempts at revenging Grettir's death, okay. which take a whole left turn at Albuquerque again. <laughs> but it's odd because Grettir is very much a, an old-fashioned, old-style pagan hero mm-hmm. in very much a, almost a Christian country. Christian landscape.
1: Mm. So, so I mean, he if it's... doesn't
0: fit. He's literally outlawed and banished from the country. Not just maybe because of who he is and what's happening, but because he is this pagan hero. Yeah, and he's getting shifted out from what is becoming the new Christianized Iceland. He's part of that old world that they have to clear away, and they have to use him to clear away all the old monsters so that Iceland can become. Christian and then they have to get rid of him somehow as well.
1: So he's he's literally, well, <clears throat> he's figuratively as well as literally being pushed out of the light. Yes. Um and he quite has quite literally to, out
0: of the light of the church and mm. out of the light he's got a fear of the dark and he has to stay in it.
1: Yeah. It makes um I have to have to confess because my brain does this. It's making me think of the Witcher. Yes. Um yeah. In in that you've got a character who is is shunned by you know civilized society and nobody likes witches they don't want to they don't want to have anything to do with them they don't want them coming and drinking in their pubs or mm. hanging around their villages and stuff oh but there's a monster in that lake just down the road would you mind going and do, dealing with that you, and then you, we'll you give you some money it. and then you can bugger off
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> there is no toss a coin to your Gretia in this one it doesn't quite work it reminds me. A little bit of Dickens A Christmas Carol okay the story of Gretia because Dickens goes Ebenezer Scrooge goes through that transformation yeah and clears the way for a new individual whereas Gretia ends up clearing the way for a whole country to become new Mm. Um, and it also reminds me of it's got elements that remind me of Beowulf
1: I mean, I can see sort of
0: yeah. monsters—the fighting of the monsters and yeah. the monstrous—and mm. the clearing of the way to to new new things. I suppose, yeah.
1: I mean, I'd Beowulf's Anglo-Saxon, isn't it?
0: Yes. Yeah. It's like um, you know, 400 years apart I we <laughs> from this from this text. It's quite quite different. I know
1: we don't say Anglo-Saxon anymore, do we? But uh, yeah. of early that, medieval, early medieval of that yeah. period. Um, yeah, so again, you'd have the the church will be presumably becoming yeah. dominant in that society. So yeah, I guess it is. It does it does work as a metaphor for, you know, the the the, the sort of defeating of the old and the pushing it back into the into the wilds and yeah. what have you, which is where we now find ourselves. And I'm for one, I'm quite happy with it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's sort of pushing the pagan old ways
0: out and. Into yeah. the into the the sort of forests and darkness, and where Glam comes from, He's the one that refuses to follow Christian tradition of fasting on Yuletide. time. Mm. If you don't follow a Christian tradition, you literally become the monster in the dark.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We are all kind you
0: are of ostracized out of society, and you become other. You become, you know, monstrous, demonic nasty which then gets dispatched it unceremoniously and we're
1: all draugr. yeah
0: yeah yeah so it's it's maybe a little bit heavy on the the Christian metaphor of... I've I've seen him in Skyrim and I will never be that thin <laughs> no. so it's yeah it's got a lot of layers to this I think mm. and it's very much... It's got a lot of things to consider, and and yeah, we can't tell you how to interpret this because we can't tell you how to heathen, but there are many, many different parallels that you can draw, especially between this and things like Beowulf, even though they're written thousands of miles apart and hundreds of years apart, Yeah, they've got very similar kind of dealings with monsters and the monstrous. The themes are there
1: we we also cannot tell you how to early medieval christian
0: i should pu- point that out as well i cannot do that either no my latin is not that good i can Indeed, just about no. buy a newspaper <laughs> um but yeah
1: it's it, it's it's interesting parallels certainly and it and it, and it sort of you would you would almost want to say has has the one influenced the other um i mean it, it i suppose it may well have but then again it may well just be that the themes are a sort of universal across northern, yeah, northern Europe's Christianity, um, you know, because we do have. I mean, even even here in Britain, you know, the, the, the there is that um, that sort of motif, if you like, of of the 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 two sides, you know, the the new incoming mm-hmm. uh, order against the, the the sort of what's seen as the wild and the savage and the yeah. You know, um, and it's it's something I've always I've always sort of it's always a, appealed to me as a in things like the Arthurian legends and and, yes. and, and stuff like that you the know monsters and, and live outside Robin Hood the
0: cities yeah the monsters don't live in the cities the monsters don't live in civilization they are literally not civilized yeah they are living like Grendel out in the moors mm. and the marshes and they are you know living like the dragon under the hill in at the end of Beowulf. yeah, They are living in all the places that humans don't go. Yeah, um, And yeah, Gret is very much kind of a, a remnant of the old pagan past in a very much a world that doesn't accept him anymore. and Doesn't want him. Only only wants him, use him for him, his skills. It, can't want, it doesn't yeah. want him, but it can use him.
1: I'm reminded of the operative um, saying to Mal Reynolds, um, and and uh, or, or Mal said something about you know when you've got this new new world that you're uh, you're trying to build, and you can go and relax and retire and whatever. And he, mm-hmm. and he says to him, "There's no place for me in the new world."
0: Yeah, I'm a monster. Yeah. Yeah, and you just like oh yeah. So yeah, it's it's that, and even in Firefly, there are kind of there are. Groups of people who venture out into the wilds, and there are there is the alliance mm. where you sit in civilization, yeah. and then there are people who intentionally ride the borders of civilization, and then there is the deep the deep wilds where the reavers are.
1: The people out on the raggedy edge. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. So yeah, I think uh, Gretia has kind of parallels and connections with all of these stories and different transformation is huge in this story. Mm. The transformation of Glam literally into an undead, into a draugr, into yeah. a very cranky, super strong BO'd nasty that goes and disrupts houses until Gretia has to come along and unkill him. I don't know how that works. <laughs> like rekilling rekill yeah unkill whatever that word is where you make a draugr into just a, a pile of bits rather than a yeah
1: just settle for vanquish vanquish yeah one of those defeat or or um you could use you could go for the modern modern phrases like neutralize
0: neutralize yeah that's something i do with like you know grass stains on my laundry
1: no it's Neutralize. what you no, it's what you do when you're in a military film and you want to say you want a fancy word of fancy way of saying kill so you say they've been neutralized or i like the i like the, the phrase that um, the that they use in agents of shield uh-huh. crossed him off wow you cross somebody off and that's that's their that was their their phrase for killing somebody I might have to go away and rethink some stuff. So Gretia fought glam Yes. successfully crossed him off.
0: Yes. Only he was already crossed off before Gretia got to it. I am confused. Now you're just
1: complexifying
0: it. I am. Because can't. (laughs) That word where you're making an undead into just a pile of bits rather than a moving ambulatory cranky thing. That word disassemble yes number five no disassemble
1: number five
0: (laughs) (laughs) lovely listeners we're gonna leave you with that beautiful thought from the 1980s oh yeah (sighs) Um,
1: pinnacle of 80s culture that was
0: yes johnny five Intelligence and civilization and what makes a human being—we're kind of back to Ghost in the Shell, aren't we? More or less. Yeah. Okay. We're going to leave you going in circles, lovely listeners. Don't step out of the firelight. <laughs> we'll talk to you all next time for a story time. Was it a story time episode? Next episode. One one seven. One one seven. Lovely yeah. listeners, it's a story time. Yeah. For our next episode, we really thank you very much for coming and joining us for this episode. We really hope that you will join us for our next one. See you then. See you then. Bye bye. Bye bye.